Hey, y'all. Welcome to Water Break with Waterboy and comedian John Branion. Comedian John Branion is going to be joining us uh, pretty much uh, on Water Break forever now at this point. Right, John? Uh, Lord willing, yeah. I don't know if I can make it forever. But <laughs> you don't, you don't uh, have that? Way, is it okay to drink stuff besides water on Water Break? Oh, man. Well, I guess that's part of it. Oh no, I turned off. I turned off my intro music. This is this yeah. is me doing this all by myself. You're fine drinking Powerade on the show. Okay. I mean, isn't that kind of part of what water? That's the spirit of water break. <laughs> well, that's what I'm. I'm finding the edges as we go along. So we didn't do a lot of show prep. I'm just kind of diving in. No. Uh, with both feet. So. No, we didn't. If, well, very good. Uh, so John's going to be joining us. We actually got coming up, uh, John's going to do a top 10. So we're going to kind of a little segment out a little bit of water break uh, here. And we got a top 10. I think this week is the top 10 things uh, or top 10 quotes Ed Litton said this past week in his last last sermon. John, John's got some great quotes that Ed, Ed, Ed really did say him. Didn't, 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 didn't they, John? Didn't he, John? Uh, yeah, yeah, he did say them. And as far as we know... They're original with him. <laughs> as far as we know. And then we also got, I, I got to interview, you weren't able to join me for the interview, John, but uh, uh, Dr. Story, he's starting a new podcast on our network called Mere Medicine. I'm really excited about him and, his, and the podcast he starts. So stick around for that interview. Also, um, uh, John wasn't able to join us, but he's also got some good insight on that interview probably later too, huh? Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into it, so um, I'm, I'm, we're trying out a couple things with Water Break. Um, we're changing a little bit of the structure. We got John joining joining Water Break every week now. Um, uh, we, we occasionally will have interviews or not, depending on the situation. But um, I'm, I'm also going to be starting off the show uh, with a with a monologue every week, as if it's good, if it's good enough. Um, so uh, kind of. Endure with us as we make these changes. We're looking forward to uh, uh, kind of seeing where Water Break goes because me and John's career just really needs Water Break right now to take off, right? This is pretty much the last chance that I have. <laughs> so it's all, every single egg is in this basket for me. <laughs> so this monologue better be good. It better be, be dynamite. It better be. <laughs> Uh, but before we get there, uh, Politics of Sex Conference um, is in a couple weeks. John, both me and John, obviously, will be there. Uh, but we're also, we have a bunch of scholarship people uh, that uh, we'd love to see if, uh, you know, people in our audience could help fund these scholarships. We probably have about 40 to 50 people on scholarship. And and so if you if you guys are interested in, uh, you know, helping a brother out uh, with a scholarship, please email email me at uh, actually email Anna Anna at fightlaughfeast.com and she'll help you um, basically get set up on supporting people that want to attend the conference with scholarships. So, so we got a lot a lot of scholarships, a lot of need there. Um, so you know, our audience last time at the at the uh, rally really stepped up and supported a lot of scholarships. And then uh, secondly, it's getting close to the conference; we're about two and a half weeks away. And, and so if you can't make it in person, you can actually join up to become a club member and stream live all the Friday talks and, su- and all the talks and the main stage talks on Saturday. So uh, 
But whatever talks you miss on Saturday will go into the club portal and you'll still be able to get access. So this is a great way. Club membership is a great way to support what we're doing. It really sustains us. We can't do it without you. Um, but if you can't be at the conference, you actually will be able to stream live all the talks through the club portal uh, Friday and Saturday. So become a club member. Don't just become a club member for one month. Become a club member. Be with us. Right. You know, Support us. Uh, so, and you'll be able to hit, uh, pretty much everything that we're going to be doing at the conference. And it's a blast. I'm, I, I've been talking to a bunch of people that are joining us at the conference and, and the energy uh, people are so excited for Tennessee and I am too. You, you excited, John? My family's going to be there. All of yeah, my we'll, kids and grandkids and yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. We'll be able to meet Amanda. She's part of your podcast on the network, the comedian yep. next door and, yep. and her husband and family are all going to be there. Yes, and we are we are super jazzed about it. I can't imagine why anybody would be anywhere else that weekend. I can't imagine why anybody within the sound of our voice would be planning to do anything yeah. other than, than go to this. And I know some people have got weddings and anniversaries and things like that. <laughs> even, even that, you yeah. know. Pri- skip, skip your 50th matter. anniversary. You can get married any time, but you can only go to the conference September uh, 9th. You, you, right? get a, you get a laugh for that one. Yep. yep. There's, there's my little laugh track for you. So, yeah, we, we are in complete support. And uh, run, don't walk. Get your, get your reservations because you're going to miss it. And then you're just going to live with crushing regret. <laughs> from here on out every time we talk about it and we will talk about it after this we will you're gonna you're gonna feel that that sting in the pit of your stomach that says oh they told me they warned me that i should go yep but i didn't listen yep. i didn't trust them and now i have this icky feeling and so you know and, and that a, don't that don't go away unless you repent the icky feeling just don't go away no no and it, it'll be you know the scars will remain, and just one Christian brother to another, get get to the conference because we want to we want to hang out with you. <laughs> that that that's great, John. Okay, so for my water break monologue today, um, I've been thinking uh, about what's been going on these last couple weeks, um, and my my heart like I don't know my heart's been heavy. Uh, it's and I, I think it's been heavy because I think you can actually see the major decline that's going on in our country. It's not it's not hidden like it used to be. It's it, we can really see it and it's really tangible. It used to be that America, uh, America, you know, had a had a, the ability for people to kind of get at the table and have a conversation with each other. Uh, you know, the old you know America, which you know what twenty years ago or something. You know, we transitioned in these last twenty years, but the old America. Democrats and Republicans could actually have a reasonable conversation together because there's a there's a basis for morality. There's a basis for our culture, which is not there anymore. It used to be the case that Democrats could work for Republicans and and you know Republicans hire Democrats and and they could actually work for each other at, at businesses. But now we're seeing people get fired because of their political views. But we are we are not a rational nation anymore. I, I tweeted this out last week. I, I, this last week, I, it, we're just done. We are not a rational nation anymore, and we don't even really see it. We are all like a, a drunk man stumbling around, thinking that America is a great nation. You know, the old America, the one you got drunk off of, the old America, the one that gave you a house, two cars, and three TVs. Just watch the vapors of COVID 
and what it's done to destroy our democracy. Uh, vapor is just showing us how um, uh, bankrupt our democracy really was, how bankrupt our, our leadership really was, and spineless cowards. It, you know, as spineless cowards in America bend over to the shutdown mandates, put a rag on your face, and and now you know the shoot your arm mandates with a fresh you know vaccine kind of mandates. So just watch them all just bend over so easy to that. And now we don't even need the government anymore to force this stuff down our throats. Big government, you know, big business is at your service. Citizens are are ratting out other citizens. Hospitals and doctors are requiring all this madness too. We talk about this with Dr. Story in my interview coming up, the, the medical industrial complex. We don't need the government anymore to enforce these COVID measures. You know, uh, uh, just look at uh, what happened uh, with De- Delta Airlines this past week. All, actually, I, I shared on Daily News Brief a, bu- a list of big companies, including Texas Instruments, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, that are requiring vaccines. Well, even look at what Delta did this past week. They're requiring all their employees that are choosing not to get the COVID vaccine to pay a $200 per month you know, insurance premium. And get this, it's, it's for their risky behavior. So if you aren't vaccinated, now you are exhibiting risky, risky behavior. You're going to have to pay more than $200 a month for insurance premiums if you work for Delta. Well, if, if that's the case, if Delta is really concerned about risky behavior and medical bills, then why not charge premiums to the LGBT community for the risky sexual behavior? Or women who want to be mothers. That's risky. That's going to cost money. Or overweight people. I can go on with their absurdity that they've created, but Delta don't really care about logic. Our culture really does not care about logic anymore. You know, even look at your school as they force masking on a population that is more likely to die from the flu than from COVID. That's how mad we are. Our, our founding fathers knew power corrupts, and they structured our nation's constitution in such a way as to keep power as close to the citizens as possible. In other words, this is, this is what we call states' rights. Keep power as close to the citizens as possible, states' rights. Um, because it's a lot harder to be a, a tyrant in a town of 20,000 people where everyone's a neighbor, than it, and it's much easier to be a tyrant when you're president in Washington, D.C., 3,000 miles away from Idaho. You see, our president is even, you know, how do we get into the situation with civics, American civics, where the president's telling everyone to get vaccinated? while all our troops are getting killed over in Afghanistan right now. States' rights were the release valve for preventing civil war. You know, you could, uh, if, if Californians wanted to tax everyone who owned orange cars in a state, well, then you can just drive over to Idaho, where at this point we aren't that crazy or that dumb, and, and live in Idaho and you're, we don't tax orange cars. But if the federal government mandates, you know, uh, another example, unvaccinated people to wear a gold star, well, you're creating the conditions for a civil war. That's, that states' rights was really a, a blessing and a release valve for um, civil unrest. But, but as I thought about it, I think the reason why my heart is heavy is because the church does not see its need for repentance. We know that because the church can't even make the connection between her own sins that have paved the way for our cultural sins and tyranny that we are seeing right before our eyes. Think of the Southern Baptist Convention. What's going on right now? You know, Ed Litton has released sermon after sermon over decades, it looks like, of 
of uh, plagiarized sermons. And Al Mueller won't call him out. You know, Russell Moore is more concerned about immigration at the Mexico border than the sins of Ed Litton in their own denomination. We can't see the sins right before our eyes. I can't tell you how many churches I have either been a member of or known of where the pastor's kids are in shambles, and yet pastors refuse to step down. Most of our pastors and elders are not qualified to be in ministry because their families are disasters. So no wonder we have all sorts of unqualified governors, presidents, senators, legislators. As my pastor points out, we had women preaching in the pulpits long before we had women fighting in combat or flying F-15s. We had no fault divorce in the church long before uh, President Reagan, who's then governor, signed no fault divorce in California. We had sexual promiscuity in the church long before the LGBT Gestapo took control of our culture. The church is suffering from the prophetic message of Romans 1. Romans 1 applies to the church. We, we think that the, the church is being given over to insanity right now. We often want to apply Romans 1 to what's happening in our culture, but, uh, but judgment begins in the house of God. Romans 1 begins in the house of God, and if judgment begins in the house of God, it's talking about me and you. That's what it's talking about. And that's why I think my heart is heavy. John, what do you think about Amen. that? Um, well, I, was, I had a thought just today, um, kind of along these lines, that the, the issue that has, been, that has been developing for a number of decades is the church is not trying to is not trying to dominate the culture. Mm -hmm. And I guess this kind of came down on me watching uh, Afghanistan just collapse in a matter of what, 15 minutes yeah. or something like that. Right. We were there for 20 years and then, right. and then a few minutes it just collapsed. Why? Well, because the, uh, the Taliban is interested and willing to dominate the culture. Right. They're, they're willing to go to war, and they're willing to absolutely subjugate everybody for their cause. Right. And the Christian church is not willing to do that. The right. Christian church is more mm. interested, as you said, in getting along with people mm -hmm. and uh, in, in not being considered um, – not being oppressive. We don't want to right. shove our religion down other people's throats. Right. We want people to like us. And so we've spent um, a great number of years basically trying to make, uh, trying to make Christianity attractive to people who aren't really even interested right. in following Christ. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we have excellent coffee and we modify the music and we change the service times yeah. and we, we don't really care whether or not you're faithful to your wedding vows. Uh, we don't really care if you get married. Um, right. It doesn't matter whether you're LGBTQ or whatever. The important thing is that you understand that God just loves you exactly the way you are. Right. And that message has made it so that we have no, um, we have no way to, to fight against this tide of secularism that is coming at us. Right because we're not interested in fighting it. We're not interested in winning right. um, and, and turning the country to the, to the sovereignty of God. Right. 
we are we're just interested in everybody having nice feelings um about us and and so you said you know the church has tried to make it attractive tried to make what they are doing attractive to the world and mm -hmm. when you do that you actually end up making it attractive to nobody <laughs> if you focus yeah. your service around glorifying god and knowing uh who god is and worshiping him in spirit and truth and the beauty of holiness uh well your your worship is upward, but if you try to create a service that is man centered, uh, well, it, it ends up being that no one wants to actually go, <laughs> or at well, least no I man see. wants to go. <laughs> well, right, and, and, but the, but Christians are so tentative, mm -hmm. you know, and we're so afraid that people are going to to be uh, offended mm -hmm. by our by any sort of aggressiveness. I sent out. Uh, on Twitter, I said, the goal of every Christian should be to dominate the culture, not integrate with it. Right. If you don't believe that your faith is the only one worth believing, then your faith isn't Christianity. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, well, I got two responses. One of them was from, I assume, a guy who's an atheist. And he said, that is the very reason why religion is cancer. I agree with you. Christians ought to be trying to impose their views, and we will fight them every step of the way. Yep. So they're going to fight they're going to fight us while we try to impose our, our views right. um, on them. But the question that, like you said, that we're not a rational culture anymore. What does he think he's fighting? Yeah. You know, what, what, what exactly is he standing opposed to? Um, it, it, does he, does he know anything at all about Christianity versus every other philosophy? Yeah. Well, and he obviously um, wants his views to win. Correct. It's, it's he's he's arguing with you because he he thinks you're wrong and he's right. He wants his right to win, and you know uh, the unfortunate thing for atheists that's just a that's just a sad argument because all you are is just protoplasms and fizzy chemicals. That's it. <laughs> right. Right. So it doesn't really matter who dominates if there's no if there's no God. May the best fizz win. Well, the other the other comment, which I thought was interesting, came from a person who I, I guess I don't know whether this is a Christian or not. But he says, so it's OK for Christians to do it, but not the Taliban talking about domination. Mm -hmm. It's OK for Christians to do it, but not the Taliban. I'm not a fan of the Taliban, but it's exactly the same thing. And I think that's the reason that the church is not effective is right. because we're scared to death that people are going to go, oh, they're going to call us the Taliban. They're going to mm -hmm. say that we're just like the Taliban. Right. And it's like, if you can't tell the difference between the Taliban <laughs> and, and a Christian uh, Jesus revival, dying on the cross for your sins. <laughs> yeah. You need to brush up on your world religion. Because here's the thing. It's, it's, it, someone is going to dominate. That's an inescapable concept. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Someone is going to dominate. Some worldview is going to dominate and, and, and someone's going to assume the political powers so why would we not not want the God who created all the universe, the God who sent his son to die for our sins, why would we not that want that worldview to be the dominating worldview in our cities and our society? Right. Well, it is going to be the dominant worldview. It's eventually that's all there's going to be is people now, who are now you're talking post mill. That's yeah. that's this what's it's just gonna you just got the baptism splash. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, my new water break. Stinger right there. That's baptism? Yeah, that that well, I mean it the stinger actually says pool jumping in big splash. Um but okay. I'm gonna call it the baptism stinger. 
It sounds like yeah, it. I like it. All right, folks, that brings us to uh, John Branding, comedian John Branding's top ten. See if I can get a some more stingers going on here. Comedian Do I have a stinger. Yeah, I got a, I got a number of them. Can you not hear them that well when I do them? I can't. I can't hear them real well, but that's okay. I believe you. Could you hear that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that one's low. I don't know why it's so low. It needs to be louder. That's funny. Impressive. It's just a crowd of people going, yay. Yay. <laughs> That's it. Comedian John Branion's a top 10 Ed Litton quotes from his last sermon. And I, and, and I got some powerful background music for you while mm-hmm. this, while this, while this goes on. Cause we're talking about like Southern Christianity here. Big Eva. Top 10 quotes. Uh-huh. There you go. Do you that, hear that? Uh, that are totally 100% his and not plagiarized. That's the thing that we want to emphasize. Number 10. What is it, John? Ask not, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. <laughs> Ed Litton, that's really? A, that's that's original from Ed? That's a powerful quote, Ed. Yep. That, and inspirational. That's great. Uh, number 11. Uh, number nine. Well, actually, for me, the way you have it worded here, you have a 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. That's oh, how really? you... Yeah, that's at least what I see here. Backwards, yeah. I like it, though. Well, the, but a, a top 10 list with with 14 numbers doesn't make any sense. But we, we missed the top 10, and so we're going to his, his second half of his better quotes. Okay. <laughs> I guess Ed can do whatever he wants. Um, I knew I should have taken that left point at Albuquerque. <laughs> Number 12. Was, yeah. uh, the most wonderful thing about Tiggers is I'm the only one. Uh, Winnie the Pooh? Ed Litton. Oh, my, my fault, my fault. Number 13. Let's get ready to rumble. Oh, man. That was, man, he's been around for a while. If that's, mm-hmm. uh, if that was, that was one of my basketball, you know, kind of warm up moments, you know? He did that. Uh, Ed really did that. Yeah, um, Ed's. <laughs> Basically, any of the any of the meaningful quotes that have been passed along in our culture originated from Ed. Back to Ed <laughs> yeah, number. I think we're at number fourteen. Number fourteen. I'll be back. Oh man, that that's a classic. Way to go, Ed. Number fifteen. One does not simply walk into Mordor. Oh, <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure Ed Ed was probably dead. Before that, not not alive, but uh, I, I guess Ed did that. Number sixteen, get her done. Now, now that that's true because he's in Alabama. Yeah, that has to be that has to be true. Number seventeen, all of these have been true. <laughs> uh, this is actually supposed to be sung. Uh, let it go, let it go. <laughs> Ed, how did it, now now how did that get into a sermon last week? Um, well, what was the context of that? The context is you're going to have to go and look it up. I don't. I didn't actually. I didn't actually pull it from last week's sermon. That's from it. That's from the repertoire. That's from the whole uh, the, the whole bibliography of Ed Litton. That's funny. All right, number uh, eighteen. Uh, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Ooh. Man, he gave that to Buzz. Was that was that like his uh, 
He's like, hey, you need to say this when you get on the moon. Uh, I don't know if, Bud. if Buzz actually asked permission he or just, not. He just went with it. He's like, I'm, yeah. I'm just going to play Dry's Head. Mm-hmm. Wow. Number 19. So this is the second half of the top 10 quotes that Ed Litton right. uh, said from his last, last sermon. This is the last one. This is actually number one for me. So this is like the, the pinnacle. Um, <laughs> thou, sh- <laughs> thou shalt not bear false witness. Oh, no. No, Ed said that? That yeah. was originally from him? Yeah. It oh, was originally man. from him as written down by Moses. <laughs> That is Happy great. Well, thank you. That's that's the top 10 Ed Litton quotes. The last, actually, the second half of the top 10 Ed Litton quotes from his last <laughs> sermon. <laughs> that's the most complicated top 10 list that we have ever produced. <laughs> we, we did it. Oh, well, that, that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, comedian John Brandon. You can catch his show on the network, Comedians Next Door, with his daughter, Amanda. Uh, every Is it every Tuesday? I, I, I think every Tuesday you guys drop? Uh, comes out on Monday. Every Monday. Every Monday. Comes on Monday. Every yep. Monday. Comedian Next Door with John Branion. Folks, uh, we have a great interview that we're going to drop you into with uh, Dr. Rod Story. Dr. Rod Story owns uh, started his own independent family practice called Story Family Medicine and uh, is starting a podcast on our network called Mere Medicine. You like you like that, that John? Mere Medicine? I do. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, tip the hat to C.S. Lewis. Uh, mm-hmm. mere medicine and um, uh, so it's alliterated yes and so make sure uh, stick around for this interview enjoy the interview welcome dr story thank you for joining the water break here good to be with you good to be among friends absolutely um the reason why i've brought dr story into uh water break is because he started a uh, a new show on the network on the fight lab feast network called mere medicine mm-hmm. um dr story is also a family doctor over at your own practice dr story family medicine that's right and you live in town with your wife and how many kids oh uh, we're nine children although right. not all of them at home anymore yeah because you got some grandchildren got grandkids, also it's fourth one on the way praise god man that's amazing uh so why did you uh decide to start a podcast and we'll get into the naming later but why did you decide to kind of start a podcast absolutely with us? great question you know there's a lot of podcasts out there but I don't see uh, a lot of podcasts that are helping Christians navigate the really fraught waters of medical culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, what a time like this yeah. where medical decisions matter mm-hmm. um, and where people need to be wise and considering not just how to be wise about making the right decision or thoughtful decision, but how does their Christianity impact their decisions? I think there's never been a time where I've ever seen so much politics in an industry. Well, it's amazing. Especially healthcare right now. We feel uh, a bit like we're in a war, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that we're being bombarded from every side and that the ground is shifting underneath us. Yeah. And we're trying to figure out where do we get our information from? Who is speaking truth? Um, man, challenging time. Yeah. Why, why did you decide to call it mirror medicine? Obviously you're Um, tipping the hat to C.S. Lewis a little bit. C.S. Lewis. What a guy. Uh Um, and, and C.S. Lewis, uh, carries some of the things that I would love to carry through this podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, when he did his uh, book, Mere Christianity, it actually started off as a radio broadcast. Right. Radio broadcast during the time of war on wow. BBC. He did these 15-minute segments. Mm-hmm. They were massively popular. They uh-huh. were kind of played in bars and pubs. Yeah. Uh, there's some fun stories of where the bartender would say, hey, 
shush, we're going to turn on C.S. Lewis. Okay. Um, and it really spoke in a really in a straightforward manner. Yeah. Plain sp- spoken, thoughtful, logical, mm-hmm. not floaty, not flowery, but matters that issues that matter. Yeah. And, he, and C.S. Lewis, I, I think one of the uh, geniuses about C.S. Lewis, and he, I think he, he was very conscious of this, mm. where he was talking to the average person. He wasn't um, trying to use all the academic jargon um, in his novels and his writings and, and so forth, and in his, particularly in his letters. And his, um, yeah, and if, uh, you, if you read Mere Christianity, it should read like a conversation from right. a friend to a friend. And right. it's not, it's not uh, taking you and assuming that you are going to get beat up by it. It mm-hmm. really is, hey, these are things that matter. Let's talk it through. Let's talk it through in a way that actually we both come out better for it. Right. Um, we're missing a lot of that dialogue these days, and I'd like to bring some of that to this podcast. Yeah. Now, uh, what, like, what do you plan on covering kind of uh, through, through mirror medicine? Absolutely. Well, one other thing I'd like to say about mirror yeah. medicine is yeah. the understanding that mirror really speaks to uh, that we have a limited understanding. Mirror kind of puts boundaries on things. Right. And, and really, that's what's partly missing in the, the conversation about medicine. We have so much being said like science is settled. The experts say mm-hmm. there's a lot of humility that's lacking in those conversations. That's good. Yeah. That as a believer, I know, first off and foremost, that knowledge and wisdom come from God the Father. Amen, yeah. That if I don't start there, then I'm just clanging cymbals and bashing things together. And it seems like uh, this last year, the medical decisions have been so top down, mm. you know, I mean, everyone's always, you know, I mean, uh, even, even, you know, God damn the, the Planned Parenthood stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. But even they're like, Hey, this is between you and your doctor. Yes. Like that, that, that was the big mantra is, you know, between you, you, that's a decision between you and your doctor. And now like this past year, that's, that's just been obliterated. Well, and I know first off that knowledge is something that comes from God, the father, Mm-hmm. given to men, and it's a kindness. And we live in a wonderful, organized, faithful world that reflects the the, the God, uh, character of our God. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I love science, because I think it's a reflection of his handiwork in our world. Right. But I also know that I'm human, and what I see, in part, is messy. Right. I, uh, science begins by asking questions. Those are called hypotheses. Mm-hmm. We try and ask a good question we often change that question because we realize once we get the data, hmm, I didn't ask that question very well. Yeah. The data didn't come out as clear as I'd like. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we often see that things change. That's a frustration for a lot of Christians. Yeah. I think that one of the challenges I'd also like to say uh, to believers is don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. Let's use science as a tool that that glorifies God as we That's seek good. to understand his world. But let's also not let science be a religion a dogmatic thing that we have to bow to. And um, that that's really good and helpful. Um, now, you kind of, I think, have been on a journey yourself in your career. Uh, I don't think you would have maybe 20 years ago imagined that you'd be uh, owning your own practice, your own private practice right now, because you used to work at our local hospitals here in yep. town. You were, um, uh, weren't you like on the board of the Washington State Association, one of the medical associations. Oh, I, I've had a, a great career. Uh-huh. Uh, and up, up until about four years, I was, I was really thinking, man, I love the practice of medicine. <clears throat> really thankful for being able to show up, use my smarts that God gave me, care for people in the moment, yeah. um, and, and, and Lord willing, do some kindness and good, uh, speaking truth and love. What I didn't realize is that underneath it all has been a shifting sand. Yeah. And that we now have a medical... 
uh, society a, that's using the tools of medicine, the, the thoughtful approaches to understanding our world, and they're using it in a way that is very detrimental, right? Damaging, even soul sucking, uh, abandoning the Hippocratic oath and everything. Wow, mm-hmm. uh, and that changed underneath our feet. Yeah, it changed. I've been out of out of medical school for about twenty years. Uh, didn't realize it was changing until I woke up one day and yeah. went to a hospital meeting that was open and realized they were going to start a transgender program mm-hmm. doing surgery at my tiny little hospital. Here in Pullman, Washington. Yeah, here in Pullman, yeah. Oslo. Yeah. Uh, here in Moscow, in Moscow. Idaho. Yeah. Uh, a surgeon who uh, had been actually doing it undercover for a while, and, and the hospitals both locally embraced him and said, we need to do this. This is good medicine. Uh-huh. Mind-blowing. I mean, wow. to, to arrive at a point where we as hospital systems say that a tool that is used for repair for broken people mm-hmm. are now tools that are used to break people. Right. Mm-hmm. Tools wow. that are used to diagnose uh, um, what's wrong with problems you. problems <laughs> are now yeah. turned around and said, how do you feel? And then uh, we even come to the point of, if you feel like a girl, we can make you into a girl. Yeah. We couldn't speak a more unscientific or untrue thing. Yeah. So I woke up to this, and I woke up to realize I am working in a hospital where I'm being asked to help prepare these patients for surgery, and I cannot. Wow. Stepped out. So, so the board, the board of the hospital voted, "Hey, we're going to allow, tra- we're going to do transgender surgeries at this hospital, yeah. and um, they have a specialist at the hospital that would do the surgeries, but you, as a general medical doctor, would be preparing patients for the transgender surgery, and they would." And they were going to require you? You couldn't even, like, consciously opt out of that? No, there was not an option to do that. We're a small hospital, and I was involved in caring for oh, patients my goodness. through and after surgery. And, mm-hmm. and that was an excellent and enjoyable part of my job. So I just, I, it, it was the first step in realizing I have really, as a faithful believer, become very out of sync mm-hmm. with a, a direction that medicine is being taken. Right. Really, it's almost like uh, the ship which was sailing a faithful direction, has been commandeered by pirates. Yeah. And so you quit because they were going to require you to do transgender preparation sur- or preparation. Yeah. Uh, and, and it just was uh, what I realized through the conversation with my colleagues and through the discussion with the hospital board was that this had long been decided and things were, had been moved in that right. direction. And as a doctor, you're discovering all this. Yes, yeah. and, and it put me in a spot where I re- realized I've got to leave. Wow. And, and the, I, I think I remember you telling me, like, the day you left, they handed you a, a, some sort of trophy or some sort of award? Well, crazy enough, through the whole process, uh, I had been do- nominated as the Physician of the Year Award. <laughs> uh, and, and it had happened just before the whole hubbub it hit the hit the fan uh-huh. and uh and crazy enough the award had kind of mysteriously disappeared and then mm-hmm. as i was leaving it was a parting gift so crazy oh I, my I, goodness I couldn't, I couldn't but have a a, a a moment of joy as i held this funny little crystal piece and said i think i've got a <laughs> physician of the year yeah, ph- here's the door <laughs> yeah, yeah funny little paperweight now uh, and i look at it often and thank god for what he's done amen and so after leaving um you're basically out of a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you started, I guess, doing research or probably already had been doing some sort of research into direct medical practice. Yeah. And, and we looked at that as a last resort because frankly, mm-hmm. I've been really trained in well in hospital medicine, ER medicine, yep. palliative medicine, and had board certification, all those. And mm-hmm. I thought, great, I'll just go get a job somewhere else. Once you speak out uh, against things that are wrong in medicine, you become persona non grata. And wow. I, I, 
the doors closed to me as far as finding other jobs. So Whoa. what are you going to do? We prayed. We asked God uh, for wisdom. We sought counsel, and we opened an independent medical practice four years ago. Mm-hmm. What an amazing blessing. Now, this is long before COVID, COVID hit and all that stuff. Yeah, four years ago. So uh-huh. much else is that shifting so quickly. Uh-huh. And what it has afforded us is a unique opportunity to, to care well for people as we know how to, both with excellent medical expertise, but also with faithfulness to what God has called us to. Mm-hmm. And then what we're finding is we need to speak out. Yeah. Wow. And so starting your own medical practice, it's, it's, it's part of like a, a direct primary care kind yeah, of direct primary concept. Care. It's a growing model. Uh-huh. It's a membership model. It basically forgoes mm-hmm. insurance for most of what we do in our care. Yeah. Most people that are actually part of our practice, uh, instead of using insurance for their catastrophic stuff, they use health shares. Yeah, you like, may have heard of them, Samaritan. Like Samaritan and, Ministries is yeah, a supporter of our, our network yeah, and show. fantastic. Mm-hmm. And we are we're personally members of, of Samaritan. Uh-huh. Remarkably different. And I hope to address that of how there are unique ways as Christians for us to step out of the medical marketplace right. and help uh, doctors become independent, like I am, right. so that we can speak faithfully. Yeah. And, and just so as you guys are listening, um, when Dr. Story does his podcast, Mirror Medicine, uh, you can actually ask him questions. You can email questions to him. He's not going to answer the emails individually, but he'll pick kind of the, the best questions of that week and answer them on his podcast. And you can email questions to ask Dr. Story. Ask Dr. Story, DR for doctor, ask Dr. Story uh, at fightlatfeast.com. And, and so you can ask him questions as he's, as he's uh, doing his podcast. And I love questions. Um, yeah. I, I love it because it's engaging in the process and it's hearing from people what they are struggling with. Mm-hmm. There is so much, as I've said, that's hitting the fan. Yeah. So much that's shifting under our feet. So much wrong that's being done in the name of medical technology mm-hmm. that people are having to to ask and, and find out how can I, can I even use medicine anymore? Or has it become just, <laughs> who do I trust? And, oh, yeah, yeah. Who do I use? You know, um, current, the current medical culture, we've had actually a lot of nurses, um, and doctors and physicians assistants reach out to us. Mm. And it really, it's picked up these last couple of weeks because of all the hospital mandated vaccine culture that's, that's starting to happen. Um, what would it look like? And this is kind of off the cuff question here. What it would look like to like for Christians to start their own hospital in a mm. region? You know, we don't, we won't know that question until we start. Yeah. But I do think that we are. Well, Christians used to start them. I mean, we, we had did. the Presbyterian hospitals, the Methodist hospitals, the Catholic oh, hospitals. You know, and if you look far, far enough back, you realize that a good portion of science came directly out of the Reformation. Yeah. A good portion of medicine came because faithful believers cared for those, the least of these. And they open hospices, which is where the the term hospital comes from, Uh because nobody else would. Uh Because we're driven by faithful compassion for the broken, for the least of these, for those that are discarded, for widows and orphans and people in time of need. And that should come as a direct result of the Spirit working through our hearts. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And that also is what's prompting us to be able to say, let's find people who... Um, are seeking the same thing, whose hearts are mm-hmm. driven and are realizing they no longer can fit. I, I think we're seeing it here locally. We're talking to other physicians who are considering starting practices here in our area. Yeah. We're talking about uh, is there an organization that even helps us knit together that would represent us well? Uh, certainly the American Medical Association is not that. Yeah, right. What, um, uh, what do you see or how would you uh, counsel doctors who are kind of in a, a getting cornered in a 
similar mm. situation that you've experienced in the past. Uh, let's just kind of talk about that, and then let's talk about maybe how would you counsel doctors um, that are dealing with the kind of COVID vaccine mandate mm. stuff that mm. they don't want to force on other yeah. people, you know. Gabe, you and I have had um, some conversations off the show just about the ch- what's what's interesting, which is the physicians who are free to speak, who are able to talk honestly and faithfully about <coughs> the huge pressures that are going on, are only able to do so because they're independent. That's right. Because they are not owned contractually by a local hospital mm-hmm. or contractually obligated by an insurance plan. Mm-hmm. I, I'm able to speak because I own my own clinic, mm-hmm. because I directly contract with the people I care for as a member um, and I am then free to speak. And I would counsel uh, those that are finding themselves under pressure. You can start businesses. Mm-hmm. You can start as I did and start small, and you can find people who will support you yep. and develop something unique and different, which will free you. And you cannot imagine how um, trodden down the medicine that you practice now has become and yeah. how good it is to step out. And to be free on the other side. It's a hard road because you're taking your own money, your own investment, your own risk. Uh, Yes. um, But it's also, there's just such a blessing on the other side of it. doctors have done this for centuries. This has always been the way we practice care. It's only really been in the last 15 to 20 years that Mm -hmm. doctors have sold out Mm -hmm. um, and lost that privilege. And insurance and hospital networks have driven that. Right. And and it seems like (laughs) the way I, I, I... You've categorized it this past year as like the medical industrial complex. Mm. That is, um, you know, uh, just I think a horrendous, uh, it's done so much damage to the medical community. Doctors, I, in my political work here in Idaho, this is where we talked about some of those offline conversations, uh, I was doing press conferences with Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeehan and others, mm. and the only doctors I could find, this was during kind of the, the intense part of the COVID shutdown, the only doctors and nurses that I could find that would speak out were all independent mm. uh, doctors with their own independent medical facilities. Well, I and think a few is, more are going to be independent shortly because of the mandates. Hundred percent. Uh, yeah. And whether or not you think that a vaccine is part of uh, a good response or an appropriate response to COVID, the mandate is really pushing into a place that should not be. Right. Which is no one should be made to undergo a medical procedure against their will. Mm-hmm. So you're a doctor at a hospital. And they tell you, um, any, any patient that comes in, if they don't have the vaccine, you just have to give it to them. What do you do? Mm. Great question. Uh, off the cuff is, is uh, I think that we first off don't realize the power of pushing back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and yeah, that's I right. think that what we're, we're seeing nationwide is people are willing to push back. Mm-hmm. Really, at the end of the day, can you fire as many nurses as are saying no? Mm-hmm. Can you fire as many Firefighters, as are saying, no. Mm-hmm. I, I would uh, venture a guess that if just enough people said no, that yep. this would fall flat. That's right. That's right. I, I, I um, uh, got some friends in uh, Washington who are uh, firefighters, mm. and they're, you know, he was communicating over messaging with, with us about what was going on mm. and just like didn't quite know what to do. And, I, and my first thought was, man, firefighters are kind of a loyal group to each other. Yeah. And, you know, maybe some don't have no problem getting vaxxed and some, you know, some obviously might have a problem getting vaxxed. And, but I think their loyalty kind of trumps that even the differences they might have yeah. there. And they could support each other, go protest, go to the governor's mansion, say, you know, or, or say fire us all. Yeah. You know, and that, that would that would end it. I mean, with all the wildfires going on in Washington right now and the firefighters just got all, all got fired because they wouldn't get vaxxed. I mean, Governor Inslee would be up a creek. Yes. Yeah. And again, no matter what you think of the vaccine pro or 
or negative or whatnot, we have crossed, we're crossing into a significant line mm-hmm. uh, where we are pushing people against their will. And mm-hmm. that is a serious compromise. One of the Christian things that, that we bring as an ethic is a, is a recognition that individuals are in, involvable, mm-hmm. that they cannot be compromised, that, the, the, that once you cross that path, that you are opening the doors to all sorts of, of dangerous thought. Mm-hmm. That we can, if we can make you do a vax, we can make you do anything. Yeah. Um, and here we are, Christians. We're going to grow through this because it, it's a it's a pressure cooker of a situation. Um, and I I've been in that spot four years ago. I was deeply fearful. Mm-hmm. It was hard uh, yeah. hard to kind of leave a job that you were very good at and to say no and to draw a line and say that I cannot participate, cannot do this, can't be part of this. Right. Um, and yet. Um, that pattern's been been drawn for us before. We've mm-hmm. we, we I, I love the the Hebrews chapter that talks about all those that have gone before. And what do you know? It it includes a lot of martyrs. Yeah. Uh, right. and, and I love the story about uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who clearly said before the fact, yep. before they were thrown in the furnace, we know that God is faithful and can save us. Yep. But if not. God still got God's us still anyway. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and that's and that's the remarkable thing is even if we lose it all, mm-hmm. uh, which some are losing right now in Afghanistan, even if we lose it all, right. God is God. And who would we be if we didn't stand up and say no? Well, well, thank you, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, Mere absolutely. Medicine, Mere Medicine dropped uh, on the Fight Life Feast Network. Uh, just the first episode, I think, dropped last week or a week and a half ago. Uh, yeah, that was just off the cuff. Really, what yep. we're looking to do is a couple of things. We're looking to deal with medical issues as they come up. So I'll be talking um, on a, a couple of times a week about here's what I'm reading. Here's how That's you should great. consider it. Yeah. We'll be um, wanting the gospel to be clear through it um, and and be plain spoken about it because at the end of the day, only Christ saves, not medicine. Not vaccines, we know that for sure. Yeah, and I want to speak it um, clearly and and with the recognition that hey, I'm I'm uh, I'm going to be faithful uh, to what God's called me to. Awesome. Well, well, thank you. Ask Doctor Story at fightlifefeast.com if you want to email some questions in, get some of those topics on uh, mere medicine. Uh, well, thank you for joining us. Not very good. See you soon. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Dr. Rod's story. Uh, that was uh, I really appreciate him and his work. John, you had some really insightful questions, and that interview was really good. Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> I'm amazing, aren't yeah. I? You know your medical history and your medical, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, good. Uh, one of the questions, is, since you weren't there in that interview, but one of the questions I asked him was, you know, how would you be advising doctors who are working for hospitals uh, and, and let's say the government or the hospital even said you need, if a patient comes in the door for a broken arm or whatever, and they don't have the coronavirus vaccine, the COVID vaccine, you have to vaccinate them. Uh, let's say that, you know, the hospital's doing that. Um, how would you kind of counsel doctors, nurses, and uh, all that? And, and what did he say? Um, oh, I was actually asking you that question. Oh, how so would I'm, I counsel I'm, doctors? I'm saying, I'm saying to John Branion now. I asked that question oh, in the interview, but I was like, you, you know, hey, well, you know, I'm going to ask John this question too. I, I feel oh, like you're avoiding medical malpractice. That's why you, you kind of pulled that on me. Well, I would be, yeah. I'm, I, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I have personally resolved that if it's going to come down to that, mm-hmm. then, um, then I'm just going to not, I'm just not going to be employed. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if, if the mandate comes down and he said, no, you, in order to keep your job, whatever it is, yeah. you have to get a, you have to get a COVID shot. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to go, okay, I guess I'm, I guess I'm not going to work here. Um, yeah. I, I see that it's, I, I really think that the country is going to continue to fracture and splinter down to even smaller groups than like the state level. I think we're going to start be talking about communities of people that are cloistered together around a particular um, medical philosophy. The Mm -hmm. the people who don't get vaccinated versus the people who are vaccinated and boosters and masks and, uh, and all of that. Right. Because as you said earlier, I'm on ground anymore. And so if you're a person who thinks that the vaccine is, is the, the proper thing to do, then you're not okay with somebody who doesn't get vaccinated. The people who are not vaccinated yeah. now right. are, are reckless, um, selfish people yep. who are literally killing people. Who need to because, pay higher premiums. Right. Yeah. And so... I think that that's just the way it's going to be. Um, when when New York said, "Well, yeah, if you don't get vaccinated, then you can't come to shows and you can't go into to public buildings," yeah. then I I went, "Okay, I guess I'm not going to New York. I yeah. guess I guess I don't go to New York." Right. Um, right. And am I going to be able to survive? Am I going to live without being able to take in a Broadway show in New York? Yeah, I'll probably be okay. Right. But it's just different. It's a different country. That's right, and, and and Christians need to start running the calculations and counting counting the costs. We we really need to know. Um, we need to kind of have some foresight, run calculations. If you did this or if this happened to you, what would you do? Run those calculations, know them now, so that way when you kind of some of those decisions come to you, you aren't kind of caught off guard and all that. So, thanks, John, for coming on Water Break. John's going to be a regular sidekick here at uh, Water Break. And uh, thank you, Dr. Story, for coming on. Again, you guys can ask Dr. Story questions, email questions, ask Dr. Story, doctor as in D-R, ask Dr. Story at fightlifefeast.com. And go or sign up or come to our conference or sign up to become a club member online. You can still live stream all the talks uh, September 9th through the 11th. We'll see you guys in Lebanon, Tennessee. Do you know where you're going to be at September 9th through 11th? I do. You're going to be in Lebanon, Tennessee at the Fight, Laugh, Feast conference on the politics of sex. Okay. All right. Well, do you know why you're going to be in Lebanon, Tennessee at the politics of sex conference? Country music center of the world. No, no, because if we don't get God's design ordered rightly in our lives, you know, male, female, family, culture, marriage, you know, the the politics of sex, what we're talking about. If we don't get this right. Well, we're going to get what we got right here, right now, in this culture, which is hell-bent on destroying itself. Yeah, you know right. why else you're going to go? Why? Vody's going to be there. Hey! David Bonson, Pastor Doug Wilson. Yes. You guys going to be there? I'm going to yes. be there. Uncle Gary's going to be there. C.R. Wiley's going to be there. Ben Merkel's going to be there. Everybody, she That's more than Fab Five. <laughs> we got SWAT <laughs> talks all day Saturday. I mean, everybody from the Five Life East Network's mm. going to be there. Oh, and I'm looking forward to the psalm singing, the ruckus psalm singing, and the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Whoa. No? We're not doing that? No, no. no. We're not, not doing that? No. Next conference. Go to flfnetwork.com, <laughs> click on events, and register now. There's also a link down in the show notes. Just go down there, scroll down, find it. It's right around there somewhere. Right there. Yeah. What if we have a translator for the tongues? No. 